Hey there. Well, I missed out on some great uh, commentary opportunities, I reckon, regarding the evolution of this corona panic that the world is going through. The most recent thing I'll share with you here in Houston, Texas, where cases are starting to level off and decline, like most other places I'm hearing in in America are, Um, in the midst of this, Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo, who is the one who um, started the lockdown with issuing the order for closing restaurants and bars and and non-essential businesses, several weeks ago um, today or yesterday came out with a order that anyone going into public must wear a mask subject to a fine of up to a thousand dollars which I mean that really surprised me that that they would do that to me that's a clear uh, case of overreach as far as like the powers that government is supposed to have and you know I'm pretty conservative on that I don't think they should have very many at all and I think that our constitution you know guarantees us you know rights to life liberty pursuit of happiness property freedom of assembly and it's it's funny because this is another great example where uh, government and its issuing of laws contradicts itself does an exact 180 from what it was doing a while ago. So masks in public have been, you know, you know, gangsters can't wear bandanas over their face in, in public. Now they can though. Now they have to. And there was that huge movement to, to ban face masks and stuff associated with burqas during when there was a lot of concern about terrorism, which no one I don't think is really concerned about anymore. Um, you know, what about the clan wearing masks? And now it's like we want, they want us to do the opposite after making such a big deal about how masks don't work. Now, right away, people will, will, uh, come at me on this for saying, oh, it's for the, you know, it's for the common good. It's not that hard. And I hate it when people justify laws that intrude upon your privacy like that by saying oh well it's it's not that hard and really you should just do it anyhow no 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 that's not what it is laws and freedom aren't based on convenience they're based on principles they're based on principles of the nature of the human soul on what we are as individuals really that's what natural rights mean that's what it's based on. It's not based on whether it's convenient or whether it would be an inconvenience or not. Um, it just kind of boggles my mind that people think about it in that in that way. But, I mean, for what it's worth, you know, I have been wearing a mask. I, yeah, I wear one anyhow. You know, when I go out to the the few stores that are allowed to remain open in our area... 
And since they are the few stores that are allowed to remain open, basically everyone in my community is is compacted into going into the same places, which certainly would only spread the virus more, um, which is another great example of how for every um, every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So this is why whenever government forces a an action or a law like this, there's always an equal and opposite reaction. There's always people who suffer from it. There's always a problem with it. It's like it's like Hercules fighting the Hydra. Every head he cuts off, two more heads grow in its place. And this is always the case with government edicts. However, government is in a position, since it has the power of force behind it, to um, control the information and to to hide as much as they can or, or put the right kind of spin on the, the bad effects of everything that, that happens. And, and, you know, this edict, that's the other thing. It's like she can't, they, they couldn't just come out and say, we highly recommend you wear masks. You know, um, they couldn't just come out and say, we were wrong about them not being effective. We really recommend you wear masks. Here's some great encouragement for wearing masks. They couldn't do that. They had to say it with the power of force behind it. We will fine you for it, which is all they can do. They can't arrest people because at the same time, they can't take people into jails. So I found, you know, on my next door app here, they got police reports on there, and I'm finding the police reports of where they pick people up for committing crimes, take them to the jail, the jail refuses them entry, so they give them a warrant and they let them go. I mean, how pointless is that? It is so fucking stupid and pointless. It's just, it boggles the mind. But I wear a mask, anyhow, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm safe and I'm concerned about this. And, and even though I'm saying all these things about authoritarianism and, and government intrusion, which I think are all bad things that we have to struggle against, at the same time, I do believe this disease is real and, and we need to, you know, as an individual, I want to take precautions against it because I don't want to catch it and I don't want to spread it. So that's how personal responsibility works. Personal responsibility. Um, you know, I was going to make some announcements before I got, I, I just immediately got all hot about this Corona thing. I was just going to mention just, just a second of it and, and, and then, uh, give you some announcements. As many of you know, you know, I got a new book drop in April 30th, Walpurgisnacht, the Nebu Generator. A pharaonic formula for wealth creation. The Nebu generator is a modern system of wealth creation that draws upon the wisdom of the ancients and Egyptian mythology to create a system that is accessible to anyone with the will to strive towards substantial material success in life. And I appreciate the irony that this book is coming out in the middle of this crisis. You know, this is a book I've been working on for about three or four years. Um, and I wanted to share some of these financial economic principles I've picked up uh, myself over the years that I found to be um, effective, noteworthy. 
and then and then all this happened and and someone asked me do you think any of this is still any of these ideas are still valid now because of how um this virus is is changing the economy or not so much the you know the virus and then also the human reaction to it which has created a you know unprecedented unemployment in an unprecedented amount of time and just really um really tank the markets and you know as i would say no in principle everything that i say in here is absolutely true and i think if you have um if you were skeptical about some of these ideas regarding material success and wealth generation if you're skeptical about some of these before then maybe this situation maybe this crisis will demonstrate the truth of many of them because because you watch i talk a little bit in there about crises and um you know certain things that that always happen in 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 response to crises in the economic world like inflation like you know prices of of, of precious metals and things like that so that book's going to drop April 30th. I hope you check it out. It's not the final word on anything, but it's some words, um, which I hope might be of use to some of y'all out there. May 4th, I got a new Asmodeus X EP drop in. Black Fire. And... I'm so excited about this. So this really, I mean, what what had been happening is is my band Asmodeus X. We'd been jamming and working on songs for a new album for you know about the last year or so, and we'd made some good progress on them. And then all of a sudden, this bullshit happened. And so, like everyone else, every other you know um, musician and and artist and independent creative in the world, everything just went on hold you know we're not even legally we're not even allowed to get together because the powers that be have banned you know, removed our right of freedom freedom of assembly so we can't even get together and continue to work on our music together and we don't have whatever incredible um special zoom software that jimmy fallon has to have his band all play together in synchronicity every night so we uh were able to meet online and 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 share some some mixing ideas for what stuff we did have recorded and we realized four of these songs are ready to go really um and they really effectively represent the roughness rawness and uh, a desperation and uh, uh, apocalypticness. Is that a word, apocalypticness? Of the situation here today. So the songs are Farewell to the West, which is all about how you know Western culture is pretty much on the way out um you know and 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 it's it's just a constant struggle to hang on to any aspects of it and and i mean you can see this happening all around you with laws about wearing masks shutting down society shutting down all of our all of our cultural traditions that we've had like the live music what's going to happen with live music 
even if they open everything back up again, you know, they're probably going to have like social distancing laws. And so, you know, the maximum capacity of clubs is going to be reduced so they can't let in as many people. And um, so they won't be able to pay bands. They'll have to pay bands less for playing. If you can imagine that, as if you're in a band, if you can even imagine getting paid less, and since for the most part you get paid zero, what that means is negative payments if you follow the <laughs> logic of gas and oil, gas and oil prices. Um, <laughs> it's funny. And then, and, and what about bars? Like they're going to have to have like half as many seats at the bars and have everyone spaced out. And so the, I mean, the price of alcohol is going to go up as a result of that. So no one's going to want to go to bars anymore in the future because it's so expensive and you can't like get close enough to talk to anyone. So everyone's just going to stay home and drink like they've been doing for the last 30 days. It's rough. Anyhow, I believe that um, this song, you know, uh, represents that. Um, we do a cover or a, a alternate rendition of the song The Bright Ones from the album The Bright Ones. Um, and then we do um, a totally new song called Riding Back from Hell, which has got a serious outlaw country kind of vibe. And then we do one called Black Fire, which is really the apocalyptic anthem. It's all about uh, Frascio Coretti, you know, the Zoroastrian idea of the, uh, the end of the world, which is actually means the great making wonderful. Um, except it's not like a dismal destruction type thing. It's supposed to be a raising of life kind of thing, which so, I mean, from that point of view, what we're in right now is not Frascio Coretti by uh, any stretch of the imagination. Anyhow, that album's coming out. Um, that's going to drop May 4th. It's an EP. And, and this is our first, uh, Asmo's first totally acoustic project. So we've done acoustic stuff in the past. Like we had some songs here and there on different things. And especially back on Wolf Age when my, uh, when my, my brother Gary was in the band playing the guitar and still alive and walking around on the earth. So a lot of this is in a spirit of, of Gary and uh, uh, homage to him. So we got these four songs, and then eventually a whole album is going to come out. Hopefully by the end of the year, you know, as soon as, as soon as the, um, you know, our overlords decide to give us back our, our our right to free assembly, we'll be getting together and and finishing the album, and all these songs we're doing here. There's going to be alternate versions of them and stuff. So, so it's going to be great. Get the EP. It's not that expensive. You know, I don't know. It's going to be like f- four bucks or something, right? Ninety-nine cents a track or something. A dollar twenty-nine a track. It's cheap. Buy it. Support independent music, please. You, you you're going to have to do that now if you want independent music at all. Y'all are just going to have to fucking break down and start buying the music. You're not because you're not going to have the live stuff anymore. I mean, you haven't really had it for a while. I feel sorry for people who've only been going to live music for the last, you know, five years or so because you have no idea what it was like before. It used to be a whole culture. We used to be able to get together unmonitored, <laughs> you know, 
you didn't get metal detected on the way into shows. Um, it used to be a whole different world. Uh, even the 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 you know nanny state monitored version of live music that you've experienced for the last I don't know really probably the last decade. I said five years. It's been longer than that. Even that is 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 going to be even there's going to be even less of that. So if you want any kind of independent music, you're going to have to buy this, buy the music, buy stuff from people and realize it's nothing. Even if you like buy their music, it's like that's it's hardly enough money for anyone to live off of. It just kind of helps out a little bit. So please, please, please support um, independent music. And I mean that in general. If you think Asmodeus X sucks, that's fine. I don't care. You know, buy someone else's independent music. Please do it. So, uh, if you checked out the last episode of Damonosophy, you got to hear a great interview with my uncle, Janusz Kostruski, or as I know him, Uncle John. A very intelligent, intelligent man. Lots of uh, very great ideas about society and history and and uh, the soul of man, religion, philosophy. And so that was a great episode. If you haven't listened to it, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. And I got some good responses on YouTube, which I figured I'd share some of those on here. Um, Dr. Faustus said, what do you think of this common trend of LH peers and occultists blindly parroting politically correct humanist thought? I can't wrap my head around people who, on the one hand, reject orthodoxy in the form of Christianity, but embrace groupthink when it comes to believing the media, orange man bad, we should listen to the authorities and do what they tell us. The authorities have always been eager to burn witches, so why do witches blindly believe and comply? Why is there any trust in the powers that be outside of what is independently studied and verified to be true? Well, there's a couple of things. There's a lot of things in here. I mean, just to answer like really simply, what do you think of this common trend of LH peers and occultists blindly parroting politically correct humanist, humanistic thought? Well, I think it's bullshit. Um, I think it's, it's, um, it's frustrating. It's, it's, it's sad to see it because, um, and I'll say LH peers, you know, occultists and, and people get into, you know, occultism and stuff for, for different reasons, usually to feed certain personality features or, or because of a wish to have power in a situation that they feel powerless in. Um, or a um, wishful sort of misunderstanding of basic laws of causality and stuff like that. But, you know, um, everyone is, is free to pursue whatever they want. Um, with LH peers, I tend to think of it as it's a little bit different. So left-hand path isn't really just, you know, occultism. I've seen people kind of use it that way in, in recent times. It's kind of just become conflated with occultism and dark occultism in general. And left-hand path was really this, this term like came into existence um, 
to express and it, it's all in the word that there's a path in here that there's a direction in it and that there are certain consistent values that are associated with it and that path is a path of illuminating those values and refining the self by embracing those values and 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 stuff like that so it's a little more than occultism it's a little more than i like reading tarot cards or or you know i like you know casting spells and doing witchcraft stuff it's a little bit more specific than that now since the very beginning and this is what i kind of getting into why you know this current phenomenon which you know i i agree with what Dr. Faustus is saying, I, I see the same thing. I see there's this this segment of, of, of people who kind of um, would call themselves left-hand path, but they really are just have, have sort of a real immediate um, agreement um, and with, with mandates of the state um, and, and automatic disagreement with, with certain other things. And so it's it is like kind of weird to see that and 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 let me say why i think that is so historically when the left-hand path like sort of initially came into being and this is in the you know from 1966 you know late the year one is when i consider it no one was legitimately using that term to describe their pursuit really before that um so you know late 60s you know, into the seventies, the on uh, and and this is for the most part, you know, people in the Church of Satan and the Temple of Set, for the most part, had sort of a removed and, and independent and removed uh, sort of attitude towards uh, conventional uh, politics or the profane, you know, political world. That you know, this is just sort of the. Um, realm of, of idiots and, 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 and contradictions and uh, that really the path of the individual is kind of solitary. And so within there, there's like a lot of like, you know, different ways that people, you know, you know, deal with the phenomenon of government, everything from, you know, just completely ignoring it up to thinking, well, every once in a while you need to participate in, in order to get things in this way or to get, get your ideas out there or get your beliefs out there, get your, you know, what you want to happen, uh, to happen through the system. So there's different ideas about that. But then one thing that happened in the 80s, I think really the 80s is where this all changed. I think you can trace all of this phenomenon to the the satanic panic in the 80s. So what happened there is the um, right spectrum of government the right wing um really embraced embraced uh evangelical protestantism and and there's specific things that happened in here because of this and it, and it has to do with reagan reagan you know built alliances with uh evangelical protestant leaders like uh you know billy graham and stuff like that at the time and Really, no president had ever done that before in the history of of America. Um, no president had ever even said "God bless America" before. And people freak out when they hear this. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was the first president to go on record at a speech to end it with saying "God bless America." I mean, they all do it now. It's become a, a regular thing. But prior to that, which is what nineteen seventy four. 
prior to that, every single U.S. president conscientiously stayed away from religion and recognized, you know, um, church and state, separation of church and state. So politicians getting in bed with religion is a pretty new phenomenon. Now, what I just said there is that if anyone did flirt with religion prior to that, prior to the 80s, it was the Democrats. Because the Democrats represented the South. They represented the heart of evangelical Protestantism. And Jimmy Carter's making this statement was a nod to, to that, to the, um, the power cadre that helped get him into office. So Reagan... You know, you know, politically, uh, you know, strategically, sort of like outdid him on this and and went uh, went a step further with it. And so, a lot of people will say this is part of the reason that we had the satanic panic happen is because government kind of really endorsed um, a religious system, and as a result of that, a lot of the people who were fueling the satanic panic, the cranks and the Michelle remembers crowd really felt empowered, um, legitimized by um, government and then by local law enforcement because it trickles down. And, um, and so really then that, that sort of put um, people who are on the left-hand path as it encouraged people on the left-hand path to ally with the left because the left then becomes that part is the is the part of 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 uh, the political spectrum that says we're not going to force christianity on you um and and we and you know we're not going to force the satanic panic on you so i think that kind of helped that kind of created a shift to some extent the other thing that's going on that fuels this is that um, is is the university. It's just the education in the university system. The education in the university system is uh, liberally biased, um, and and so it it produces a lot of people that come out with a liberal bias, and so they will conflate conflate these ideas with it. Now, the other thing is if you go back into witchcraft like the Wiccan movement, even before all this, going back into the 60s, the Wiccan movement was um, was very much left-wing aligned from the very beginning. I mean, the, the rising of, of, you know, Margot Adler and, and um, Selena Fox and, and, and all of these ladies who wrote the first books on witchcraft and got Wicca going in America were all like allied with the the left and Marxism and feminism and stuff. So when you get into the witchcraft side of things, that's traditionally on the left anyhow. So you also see today a blending of witchcraft with left-hand path Satanism, which also never happened before. The original... Um, you know, the founding of, of the left-hand path in the 60s and, and 70s was very much defined itself as not being witchcraft, uh, as, as not being the same thing as Wicca. Um, there was a definite um, distinction about that. 
And the other thing that's happened today is those those have been kind of blended. And I think this has to do with just, I mean, there's like an aspect of this that just has to do with aesthetic and fashion. And, um, and you know, I'm not down on that. I love that. I love, you know, witchy, occultish um, aesthetic. I mean, you've seen, anyone who's seen some, any shots from my house, then you know um, where I stand on that. But I think that that has uh, created a conflation in the in the ideas about it that many people will just they will just completely um, go along with whatever the state says um, as long as it appears that it is not just coming from uh, Donald Trump um, and and it's it you know and I agree with what Dr. Faust has said it's it's frustrating to see. Um, I, it's not the left-hand path that I embrace. It's not the left-hand path uh, that represents individuality, personal responsibility, um, you know, and rational self-interest. So that's that. Now, here's another really interesting question. This is from William Latin. He says, here's a question. Can you see Christians and Luciferians joining to fight tyranny? And I think this probably um, comes from my interview with with Uncle John. We did talk about the Gospels a little bit, and he's very knowledgeable on that. I mean, he has been a a Christian minister in the past, and, and so he has a lot of insight into that. And if you listen to my show over time, you know I talk about the Gospels, um, I think that there is a truth underneath there that is completely lost by uh, church Christianity. And I think, you know, um, Jesus was a left-hand path magician, as Dr. Flowers talks about in Lords of the Left-Hand Path. So, that being said, can you see Christians and Luciferians joining to fight tyranny? Well, yes, I can see anyone who considers tyranny to be an enemy uh, joining to fight it. And the other thing that goes along with this is my approach for connecting with people in the world and exchanging with people in the world is based mostly on, um, on, on values. So, you know, you connect with people in very simple ways just because you need something. So I connect with someone at the store because I need to buy something from them. And, or, you know, I'm ordering food and, and I'm connecting with my uh, DoorDash driver while pro- practicing proper social distancing um, in order to execute a transaction. Now, that's values driven. That is values driven. It's because I value the food, he values the money. So we're connect, we connect on that and we both gain from it. I get some food, he gets some money. We both win and we're connected on values. And you know what? It doesn't matter if one of us is a Christian and one of us is a Luciferian. It doesn't matter because the values that connect us are more important than that. So it's the same way. Once you realize this, um, it's going to make your life a lot easier and it's going to make your interactions with other people a lot easier. Right, because first of all, you don't have to be inhibited by these things that, um, in a abstract philosophical world, really seem irreconcilable. 
Um, and, and also, um, it will allow you to discover uh, more about what really drives you and what really drives human beings. And another benefit is that it will steer you in the direction of avoiding shitty people, of avoiding psychic vampires, of avoiding parasitic people, because those exist also. And the only solution for them really is to avoid them, or if you have already encountered them and it's too late, then, you know, at least to get them out of your life. So the way you will understand, way you will identify these people is one way to identify is through values. And so, you know, I talked about values in, in terms of market exchange just now, but then there's also values as far as your core values. Like, do you value sovereignty of the individual? Do you believe that sovereignty of the individual is more important than um, self-sacrifice? You know, things like that. So I think there's immense potential for people who believe in the and value personal sovereignty and rational self-interest, personal responsibility, people who have those values, which are left-hand path values, to unite against tyranny or to combine, you know, combine efforts um, against tyranny. Um, I absolutely think that that's, that that's possible. You know what breaks my heart more than anything else is when a young person who finds a left-hand path and they get real excited about it and I understand what that's like I know exactly what that's like and what you want to do is you want to go tell you want to go sing it to the world and tell everyone about it you want everyone to know about it um, and that's a natural reaction um, but and, and, and here's where it's the worst is you know what happens is that they end up losing friends as a result of this or even worse is it was when someone gets into the left-hand path, they decide they're a Satanist, and they're like, I've got to, I've got to come out. They, they, they take it like it's a sexual orientation thing, and they think, I have to come out in order to be honest. So I'm going to go come out to my parents. Or I can't, be friend, I can't visit my parents anymore because they're, you know, because they're Catholics or whatever. Um, you know... It, this is where I would say that values should lead the decisions here. And that if you share, if you connect on core values with someone, with friends, associates, family, or whatever, that's the most important thing. That's what you should focus on. And if you, if you put a little effort into it, you can talk to anyone about the value of the sovereignty of the individual, about the effectiveness of, of personal will, about the, the sacredness of the um, individual psyche. You can talk about these ideas with anyone who shares these values, and you can have a great conversation. You don't have to say, you don't have to necessarily bring in you know, Satan into the equation if you think it's just going to take the conversation south. Because the point of any conversation is to, to get somewhere and to achieve 
a more meaningful understanding or to achieve a better uh, rapport or whatever, especially when you're talking about family or, or coworkers especially. Oh, that's even worse. When someone gets into the left-hand path and they, they decide they got to sing it to the world and they go to their job and they say, well, I'm a Satanist and you have to recognize my religious freedom here at work. You know, wake up, people. Grow up. It's not going to help you. They might recognize your freedom of religion, but you're definitely going to go on the employer's list as, uh, you know, drop at, the, drop at the next opportunity. Potential, you know, nothing but potential problems here. So yeah, there. That's my that's my thought on that. We can connect with other people based on values because that's the most important thing underneath all the layers of labels of Luciferian, Satanism, and Setian, and 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 all these different things. Beneath all of that is just the core that we're just we're we're human beings with a you know immortal, isolate psyche independent psyche that is that is sovereign and and uh and uh self-sufficient and that's what it is and all these labels are just like ways of us like working our way towards that you know because we need we need tools we need symbols we need you know things to to grasp onto to help pull us in the right direction because something like consciousness is just so you know abstract There, so that's it. So those are some ideas for today. Thanks for listening. And in these challenging times in in which we live in, you know, just just remember that you're you are a sovereign individual. Your psyche is independent and and immortal. Comes into the world with you know certain certain inviolable rights and as you go forward embrace those keep fighting the good fight and keep the dark fire burning and now to close this out I'm going to leave you with a track from that new Black Fire EP due to drop out May 4th this is a fond farewell to the West like most of us They know that good times are picture times. Big as life pictures in glorious color.
Notre Dame's a burning land I saw young men full of life and love and pride I saw them fighting still when all the hope had died 